What does it mean to be rich? Is it having more stories to share or time to give? Is it being able to keep your loved ones close or travel somewhere far away? At Edward Jones, we believe the key to being rich is knowing what counts. Your dedicated financial advisor will take a comprehensive approach to your financial strategy to help support what truly matters to you. EdwardJones.com slash findyourrich. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Live from the NASDAQ market side overlooking New York City's Times Square, this is Fast Money. I'm Melissa Lee. Tonight's trader lineup, Karen Feinerman, Steve Grasso, Guy Dami, and Tim Seymour. Tonight on Fast, heading for a record stock staging a stealth rally over the past month. And not even a disappointing jobs report could derail this move. We dig into the action, bringing the trades. And building a legacy old school stocks uh, have been leaving disruptors in the dust this year. So do you stick with the OG or jump into the next gen? We'll debate that. Plus, did Elon Musk just break up with Bitcoin by tweet? the cryptic crypto post that sent prices dropping today. But we start off with AMC's show-stopping week. Shares all over the map again today, only to finish in the red for the second straight day. But the stock is still up a whopping 83% this week and more than 2,000% this year. AMC CEO Adam Aaron taking to YouTube last night to speak directly to the retail investors who have fueled the stock's big surge. Aaron defending the company's secondary offering and urging shareholders to support plans to issue 25 million more shares. It was all going well, and then this happened. Make sure that our long-term future is very bright. And right now, we don't have that. Uh, we don't have that tool at our disposal. And right now, we don't have. Oops. Aaron apparently pantless. You see it there. Speculation online running wild that this was not an accidental camera bump, but an intentional message to tweak the short spending against him. So was this just a giant accident? PG-rated stunt? The greatest PR stunt that ever existed? Karen, what do you say? Well, given his string and how just, you know... His what? This string of... Yeah. Well, I thought he was saying tool right when it happened, honestly. (laughs) Seriously, I don't know if that's what... But I don't think it was a stunt, but I feel like he has, you know, just won over most of his audience so thoroughly that anything he does they just think is great so that was that that was interesting but i thought uh accident accident real genuine accident and he genuinely was not wearing pants i think yeah that's a risky maneuver i think not that he hasn't done some risky maneuvers but yeah i'm going with accident it hasn't ended well for a lot of other people who chose (laughs) to do calls and things like that with no pants on um i thought the (laughs) tweaking the shorts was kind of an interesting um you know, yeah. thing to glean from this. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I would probably go with an accident as well. Really? I, I, I think that... Like, just, oops, I'm not wearing pants. The camera took I mean, it's so, super aggra- it's so super aggressive. But I guess, yeah, I, I mean, I could see it both ways. I, w- I want to err on the side to give it the benefit of the doubt that it was an accident. <laughs> but the, the truth is, in, to your defense, in, in your opinion... Everyone has something to put the camera on now or something to put the phone on now. So it's not, they're not just free riding on the, uh, on the desk <laughs> well, right now. Let me just ask you. You think, like, they tried that five times? Like, <laughs> no, let's do it again. Yeah. Did we get the right shot? Okay, right. let's try it again. I wouldn't the, be surprised okay. if somebody was on the other side of that camera and purposely just yeah. bink, bink, oh, <laughs> tipped it over. All right. Bink, just like that. Let's Tim see what you guys are wearing over there. Tim, what do you say? <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, you know, tool was the code word to knock the camera over, clearly. So, um, and, you know, <laughs> it, 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 look, I, 
I, I, no one in their right mind would do that uh, as as a <laughs> as a planned pratfall without pants on. So, um, you know, for all you know, I'm not wearing pants right now, but uh, I wouldn't kick my camera over. <laughs> now, Guy Dami, the context of this, of course is that 80% of his shareholders are retail investors at this point. He is, he is pandering, catering to whatever word you want to use, to that shareholder base, because shareholders, at the end of the day, whoever you are, they rule the company, right? They should really direct. So even if this were on purpose, didn't this play right into what he needs to do right now to convince that shareholder base to say, yes, potentially dilute us? Yeah, I mean, accident or... Um, I mean, I would just say, first of all, it was not an accident. I mean, un- not zipping your fly when you leave the men's room is an accident. <laughs> Trust me, I know. Not wearing <laughs> pants when you do something is absolutely on purpose. I mean, it, and it's also pretty pathetic, in my opinion. And I'm sure he's, you know, he's, he is, he's enjoying all of this. And this is not a dumb man. I mean, this guy went to your alma mater, went to Harvard Business School. I mean, he's not a dope. So I think he knows exactly what he's doing. But I also think it's pathetic. I also say this. The last I looked, um, AMC and AMCX didn't have a lot to do with each other. Take a look at AMCX today. So if you don't think this whole thing is, is just preposterous on a number of different levels, you're not paying attention. And look, I, I've said this a hundred times on this show. I have the utmost respect for the Wall Street bets crowd, the Reddit crowd. I think these guys and gals are smarter than the people that are supposed to do this for a living. And they understand convexity and gamma and all those things a lot better than people that are supposed to know all something about it. You know, with that said, I remember in 2008, 2009, we didn't get tweets back then. We got hate mail saying, I wish you guys and gals had warned us. And here we are trying to do something again now. And, you know, these folks don't want to be warned, which I totally get. We're not trying to protect you from yourselves. We're just trying to point out the... the um, just the, the folly that's behind all of this. Again, just my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think pathetic is definitely a word that many people out there would use. Other people would say that it is doing what he needs to do as CEO. As CEO, he needs to raise money. He needs to sell a lot more shares. We talked to Rich Greenfield yesterday of Lightshed Partners who said that they need to raise a whole lot more money. And so doing what he needs to do to convince shareholders to issue those shares isn't that just, that's not pathetic. That's doing what a CEO needs to do in the moment. I mean, I don't know. Karen, where do you fall on that? I agree with you. I think that he needs, well, going back six months, he needed to save the ship. He needed to prevent them from going under, literally. So now that 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 risk at the moment is off the table because he's raised, raised cash and because his maturities are, which we talked about in the video, he doesn't really have any big maturities coming up in the next few years. So he has time. But it's not like the stock now is trading at equity, like at an option value. Right. It's trading at a gigantic market market cap. So, you know, to me, I I think he's fantastic. He's done everything right. I just can't. I, you know, I come from a fundamental free cash flow driven analysis. That's old school now, right? It's so so out of favor, I can't even tell you. So we look at when you look at fundamentals now, what are the fundamentals that matter? Short interest and social velocity. So to Guy's point, when you look at that, I totally agree, but price is truth, right? How many times does Guy say that? How many times does the market say that? Mm -hmm. Price is truth. So if price is truth, then what we're looking at is truth. If you have the best short thesis in the world, the market rallies, you lose, right? That was 10 years ago, that was five years ago, that's now. So right now, whether or not you agree with that AMC is a good stock, bad stock, indifferent, 
This is the new fundamental reality that we are in. Right. And in fact, take a listen to what Trey Collins, who calls himself the leader of the apes, the uh, retail investors who are in AMC right now, how he thinks about price being truth. Don't get me wrong. There is risk involved with every sort of trade that's that's not based on fundamentals alone. But there's money to be made on uh, on on momentum, and that's what this is right now. It's a momentum play, and it's a movement. It's a it's a story, man. I mean, I think the apes are truly trying to tell the story about why they think they deserve to to you know be hurt to to make money because the short sellers have been betting against retail investors for a long time, and I think it, it just seems like the retail investor has the upper hand. He conceded that AMC shares are probably not worth what they're worth right now on a fundamental basis. Maybe they're worth 20 or 25 bucks a share. But he also said that at 47 or whatever it's trading at right now, I don't know what it is in the after hours, um, that that is what the market is valuing AMC shares at right now. And that is all that matters. And Tim, you're already shaking your head. Why not? Why, why isn't that the case? Because short sellers aren't going after retail investors. They're going after bad companies. I mean, it's the most absurd thing I've ever heard. Smart guy. But I mean, come on. I, I'm tired of this. And this, you know, this going after the man thing. I mean, look, if yes, you can make money in momentum. You can lose money in momentum. But again, it's like Mr. Obvious Day. All right. That that to me is a dynamic here um, that, that, that ultimately the momentum that's being where the genesis is in a chat room. It, it, and, and yeah, I mean, price can be truth in terms of a company being able to issue shares at a higher price doesn't change the company's business. Uh, Rich Greenfield also talked about Cinemark and other theater companies that aren't going through this kind of renaissance. Uh, and I mean, in terms of their share price. So, uh, again, I, I, I the investing with a incentive to track momentum is what a lot of professionals do. So mm-hmm. let's be clear. Um, but in terms of looking at this as an us versus them, um, I, I'm sorry, I'm not I'm not buying into that. I think that's dangerous. And, and again, look, there's a lot of people. There are a lot of short sellers out there that have been borrowing stock they didn't have. In other words, yes, I think there are dynamics shorts, where yeah. retail investors can get caught. But it's 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 really a, a dynamic where I think this is going after bad companies. Yeah, but here's what's interesting. It is actually changing what Wall Street does, how it does it. Um, there's a report on Bloomberg saying that various prime brokers were tightening the requirements um, necessary in order to short some of these so-called meme stocks. Guy, I know you pointed this out. There's some firms that threw in the towel in terms of coverage of companies like a GameStop and an AMC because they are so divorced from what they call fundamentals at this point in terms of their price action. I mean, whether or not we like it, whether or not it's here to stay at this moment in time, Wall Street is taking notice because they are changing how they're doing things. Without question. And that that was the awkward question, maybe the way I phrased it to Rich Greenfield yesterday. You know, what's changed over the last, you know, four or five months since you issued that report on on AMC? I mean, you're right. I mean, things have absolutely fundamentally changed. And I could not agree more with what Tim just said. Short sellers aren't going after the retail crew. With I mean, that's not it at all. They're trying to point out some of flawed companies, and they're trying to bring to light some of these companies that you know maybe shouldn't exist. Without short sellers, look, without short sellers pointing things out, I mean, if people had listened to these guys and gals years ago, maybe the Bear Stearns thing wouldn't have been a disaster. I mean, history is littered with those things. And I'll say again, don't think for a minute that hedge funds haven't hired people and put them in these chat rooms to get the flames of these things going without question that's going on. And whether it's right or wrong, I'm not here to judge, but it absolutely is going on. So 
Don't think it's just the Reddit and the WSB crowd. There's some moles in this group as well, and they're playing to a much higher bidder. I'm sure. All right, we've got a news alert here out of Washington. Elon Moy's got the details. Elon. Melissa, the White House just moments ago issuing their own readout of that phone call between President Biden and Republican Senator Shelley Moore Capito. The White House saying that Republicans came up in their offer for an infrastructure package by $50 billion, but indicating that is not even close to enough. The White House saying that the president expressed his gratitude for Capito's effort and goodwill, but also indicated that the current offer did not meet his objectives to grow the economy, tackle the climate crisis, and create new jobs. Now, the White House had set Monday as the deadline for seeing some sort of direction in the progress of these talks. Um, right now, it's sounding like the White House is getting closer to that Fisher cut bait moment, uh, saying that the latest Republican offer does not meet their objectives. Melissa. Elon, thank you. Elon Moy out of Washington. Um, Grasso, how do you interpret uh, this latest so the, the infrastructure bill that the Democrats put forward is 6%, basically, was the, was the beef that the Republicans had was it was 6% highways, bridges, tunnels, what you would deem as the traditional infrastructure bills. Now, the, the reason why you're seeing them say that we need the Republicans on is because he doesn't have the Democrats on. So if he had the votes, he would have done it, uh, the Democrats would have done it on their own. So they need to get their party in line before they get the other party in line. And it's just not enough highways, not enough roads. So it sounds like it's less. He he can't get it done. So he can't get it done at this point. He's got to get his side on board first. So that's what's troubling because a lot of this market depends on the rally kicking through. So I would like to see that 6% come up to 10% or 12% and then the market can still rally even further from here. All right. Coming up, when bad news is good news, why a disappointing jobs report helps stocks, especially big tech, rally to end the week. Plus, with the markets a few breaths away from all-time highs, you might be surprised to know it's legacy names, not the new kids leading the way this year. But should you stick with the tried and true? We'll get some answers. Fast Money's back in two. You seek the key, but first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Welcome back to Fast Money. Markets ending the week on a high note with the S&P just a quarter of a percent from its record high. Leading the way, big tech, Microsoft, Alphabet, Apple, Facebook, all posting substantial gains. This is the yield on the 10-year Treasury dropped following the May jobs report with slower than expected growth easing inflation concerns. Tim, you were saying earlier on our call that you thought it it was a very big day for the market, very big stretch for the markets. 
Well, it's been a very big uh, two plus weeks since we had that turnaround Wednesday. And, and so off that intraday low, you've got markets in the S&P up almost five, excuse me, four and a half percent uh, in a short amount of time with the VIX plunging another nine percent today, 16 and a half dollar back in a down mode, gold rallying and mega cap tech outperforming, despite the fact that if you look at mega cap tech or at least the triple Q's versus the S&P, they've underperformed the S&P by seven and a half percent since mid-February when, you know, we kind of peaked on all that frothiness around SPACs and everything else. Um, but I, I do think it's a case where markets uh, really today went into the weekend with no cares in the world, seemingly with the Fed on the sidelines. And that worries me a bit. Yeah, I mean, Fed on the sidelines is the best news possible. The weaker than expected jobs report, um, you know, bookmark with hotter than you know expected inflation on many metrics, Karen. That that sort of gives us this sort of Goldilocks era for yields, which is fantastic for big cap tech. Right. In the in the short term. Right. Right. Ultimately, you do want unemployment to go back down further. Right. But we're sort of we don't want any sudden moves. You know, I always think of the analogy. The Fed is sort of holding us hostage. And if nobody makes any sudden moves, we'll all get out of here alive. So I feel like that was not a sudden move today. It's a little little less than we would like, but it wasn't super hot, which I think would be worse. So we don't have that market multiple compression that a real hot tape would, you know, a jobs number would have shown us. To me, so it, it was it was just fine. But I'd like to see actually a little more job growth. The, the market has been really performing well, right? Right here between on the ten-year, it is one five five, one spot five five to one seven four on the ten-year yield. If we break down, we lose value. If we break above that one seven four, we lose tech. So if you're a market index person. You're hoping we break down. But right now, as long as we stay right here, it's kind of perfect for everybody. Yeah. Guy, what do you what do you make of the market action? Yeah, I love Karen's analogy, but I saw Dog Day Afternoon actually in the theaters when I was a kid. And it didn't work out too well for John Casal, for you folks that know what I'm talking about. I, listen, I agree. And right now, everything looks great. The Fed's doing everything right. I just don't know how long it's going to last. And the market action... You know, it's, it's what it's been now for the last seemingly seven or eight years. You know, in a couple down days, market forgets about why it was lower, and here we are off to the races. But Peter Bookvar put up a, a pretty interesting piece about this number, and I think what the market fails to recognize is wage inflation is here, and that's not going away anytime soon. And I think when the market figures that out, the yields that are great here at 156 might be significantly higher in the weeks to come. Have the stocks and companies, Tim, who would suffer, in theory, the most from wage inflation, although they benefit on the other side in terms of customers having more money in their pockets, have they factored that in, do you think? You know, some of the, some of the, the companies that are well, Walmart. really... Walmart. Yeah. Walmart, yeah. exactly. McDonald's, right. you name it. Yeah, so, so look, it's... There's different reasons why Walmart has gone sideways and really not taken part. It was my final trade last night. I, I think Walmart, uh, their profitability, their gross margins are, are improving. I think they, they win the food wars eventually, and they're taking share on e-commerce. And, and I think that's more important. The labor input costs are significant. And, and it, look, it's good for America. It, it's good for some of the social dynamics that are awful in our country, frankly, where people are underpaid and can't raise a family, uh, you know, working a full week at a place like Walmart. I'm not saying, you know, Walmart's doing this to people, but the point you're asking about labor pressures is very real. Um, and I think it's going to start to be a, a bigger issue, especially with some of the industrial companies that are going to have to also increase their, 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 their pay to labor, but also the cost inputs in terms of a lot of materials prices. I think, you know, I think second half of the year, those are big issues. 
Um, Karen, good for the consumer, bad for the markets. Where do you come out on that? On the wage, wage inflation, yeah. Oh, that's, that's a, I think net-net slightly better for the consumer. More consumers with more money. Yeah, but yeah. worse for stocks. Yes. In theory. In theory. If, right, rates go up. Coming up, breaking up is hard to do. The tweet that sent crypto prices dropping today will bring it to you. And be sure to stick around for On the Edge at 6 p.m. Eastern. We'll hear from the acting director of the Cyber and Infrastructure Security Agency about the stunning revelation that the U.S. government doesn't know about one of the country's latest hacks. That is coming up top of the hour. In the meantime, Fast Money's back in two. Miss a moment of Fast? Catch us anytime on the go. Subscribe to the Fast Money Podcast. We're back right after this. Welcome back to Fast Money. Bitcoin dropping more than 3% today after another cryptic crypto tweet from Elon Musk, the Tesla CEO tagging Bitcoin with a heartbreak emoji in this meme about a breakup. We started the show with pantless Adam Aaron and we're ending it with Elon Musk and some uh, emojis. Karen, what do you what do you think this means? I think maybe it means Tesla's out of their Bitcoin. Maybe. Could that be what it means? I don't know. It's I, I sort of think it's sort of a waste of his time. I don't really know what he's doing. I don't know that I, I don't know what he's doing. I do think every time he tweets, there'll be a more and more muted effect on Bitcoin because he tweets all the time. Sort of. I, I don't get it at all. But I don't think there's anything criminal about it or anything like that, even though oh, here's here's the issue. And we we're discussing this just during in the commercial break. Tesla does have Bitcoin on the balance sheet. So right. from that perspective, could Elon Musk maybe in, be inviting trouble by tweeting about something that Tesla owns, even if it doesn't I, participate to the upside when it goes up? It does participate to the downside. Well, let me let me give so, you a okay. counter to that. Do they own raw materials, including copper, that they need to make Teslas? Sure. Yeah, they probably do. He could talk copper up, down, whatever. He could say whatever he wants. Do they, in effect, own Tesla shares that they could issue at some time? Mm-hmm. He could talk those up or down. He's talked them down uh, before. But there is, heard- there is a point where it is, does get to be manipulation. If he's talking something up or down, just pulling stuff out of air, I, something has to be based on some sort of factual well if he starts making up what their numbers are going to be that's, that's a different, different. issue right. yes right that's different. it's a little irresponsible to me but i don't see it as that the same of making up numbers for your quarter right guy where do you stand i mean tesla shares are up they were down yesterday they're up four and a half percent today doesn't seem like it's a big deal for shareholders no it's not it's not. Listen, I mean, he's a brilliant man, but I, I'm, I'm sort of more with Steve on. I don't think it's criminal. I don't think this, but I think it's like at what point there's, there's a, isn't there a responsibility to sort of to, to hold the position in a higher regard than to, to do dopey things? And I'm choosing that word on Twitter. Like I don't know, but that's the world we live in right now. And I clearly am too much of a boomer, and I get it. But you know, maybe I'm just a little too old fashioned. I don't understand what he has to gain by doing these things. It just makes no sense to me. I mean, you got Ryan Cohen tweeting ice cream cones. You got Elon Musk tweeting Bitcoin emojis. You got Adam Aaron pantless. That's the world in which we live right now. Time for the final trade. We're out of time. Tim Seymour, what do you say? Google. Guy. You see that moving DocuSign, sister? Yep. <laughs> Karen. Uh, TJX hasn't been great, but I still like it. Grasso. Rezi by R E Z I. All right, that does it for us. Don't go anywhere. Options Action's up right after this.
What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.